You're listening to Thriving Church Leadership, a church board development podcast. A dialogue to encourage church leaders to rise to the noble task of church leadership. Through a series of conversations with godly, experienced, and insightful individuals, we've dived deep into this very unique space of leadership, specifically formal church leadership, such as pastors, elders, deacons, trustees, and board leadership as a whole within the church. I'm Brett Elder, your co-host for today's episode. And I'm Oscar Quesada, your other co-host for today. And we're here with Brian Walker, president of the Grace Gospel Fellowship and entrepreneur in his own right, who has been in many board meetings over the course of his days. Mm, True story? True story. Thank you, guys. Yeah, good to see you guys. Yeah, good good to have you with us again. Uh, Brian eventually becomes the host of this podcast but we're trying to pick his brain right now for some insights that, that, and some groundwork that we can lay as we, we shape out what it means to have a meaningful podcast to equip board members to be more effective, more efficient, and more biblical in their approach. So it's good to have you with us, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Last episode, we spent a good bit of time talking about the boardroom agenda. And I remember distinctly you saying that perhaps we need to invert our agenda. Can you just quickly run over that yeah. again for us? So it, it's easy to get caught up into the very important stewardship issues of our, of our church ministry, and um, such as even plowing or taking care of the facility or doing work that might have to do with the finances. And it's really easy to do that, and that is the good work. And a board meeting agenda can be filled with that, and at the same time, as we fill that, we do have limitations in time. We don't or may not spend time at all, which is pretty typical in my travels around the country um, with boards. We don't spend time at all praying for our ministry, praying for our congregation, and spending spending that time, what does it look like to shepherd our congregation? And what does it look like to hold our pastor accountable, take care of our pastor, watch over, be a co elder with our pastor. And so the inversion of that idea would be to remove some of those things, make them maybe a a digital process, do less of the business, do less of the stewardship, and do more of the the elder level work, at least for your elder board. Mm, That's very succinct and great insight. So while we jumped into board meeting agendas, we didn't really talk about governance structure. And my guess is you've seen... Uh, quite a variety of board governance structures. And maybe you could just describe a few of them for us, even right now. Yeah, so there, there is, um, it, it's a pretty common idea to have what one might call deacon or deaconesses, um, the caregivers of a ministry. There might be trustees. Um, they, those kind of are interchangeable. And that those those groups often take care of the uh, the boots on the ground ministry. They're the ones who talk about budget. They're the ones who talk about the operational side, the facility, the stewardship. And so one might call the trustee or the deacon. They're sometimes interchangeable. Um, and then there is an elder. And the elder of a board is is meant to be really follow the principles of um, what you maybe see in First and Second Timothy and Titus of the qualities, and that, and that would be really helpful for a board to go through those qualities of what is an elder. And then 
then you really have to ask why do they need those qualities? It's it, it, there isn't a necessary need to have those qualities for the deacons because the deacons are really working on the operational, the the, the stewardship side, and so a board governance structure has those elements often when we when I visit boards across the country. Um, but what happens, and this is very common, and it's it's not un it's not unusual to have what you'd call maybe a board elder. I mean, I'm sorry, a trustee elder board constitution. And so that's one group of men working together on all issues. And there's not a distinction between the two. And um, and that's a pretty common process. And sometimes there might be different people appointed to those two roles, the deacon and the elder, but very often they meet together. There's not a distinctively different um, experience and, and they serve together all on the same board. Maybe an obvious question, but is one governance structure structure better than another? You know, at the risk of of sounding you know singular, I would I would suggest there is a, a a model that I believe is biblical. It's a biblical model, and there is this um, if 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 we um, can think of when the the disciples were ministering and. And there was the ask of, um, why are we waiting tables? Um, there was this expectation that said there is a different kind of ministry that takes place in the area of church leadership. Um, and, and, and so going toward that idea of, okay, is there a model? Is there something that is something, is there a model that might direct or lead our church design and governance? I would suggest there is. And, I would suggest that there needs to be an elder team. It could be two people if that if that's the extent of the of the team you have available to a church. And they would be responsible for following through on what is in first and second Timothy and in Titus, um, the teaching and the leading and the and the spiritual leadership and the accountability with a pastor. And and maybe only with that. I would suggest that group needs to be very specifically tasked with that. And then the, the deacons and the trustees might have a little bit more tendency to be uh, flexible to handle the stewardship or maybe the visitation of folks or the, the greeting and hospitality of the ministry. So, yeah, I, 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 I would contend there is a, a model to follow. So is it safe to say that from what you're saying, by designating elders who are charged with shepherding, that the main thing stays the main thing mm-hmm. as opposed to getting usurped by the operational. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really easy to, to lose that focus. And, and I I've served on enough boards to know that that's just the nature of it. It's really easy to lose that. And when there's a separated committee or a separated group of, of men serving as elders, then they are able to maybe stay more tasked with what is like you say, important. Hmm. So let me go here, right out of the gate. I appreciate that very practical suggestion. I also can see how churches, maybe because I've been in churches where they've experienced this, uh, but churches can become siloed. So while one group is tasked with X and another group is tasked with or tasked with Y, um, they never come together, and the right arm doesn't necessarily know what the left arm's doing. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. That- that that's an easy thing to fall into um, because we can become very focused on what we're responsible for and not see the 
the benefit of the collaboration. Um, and often there's a there's an understanding that says they do their stuff, we do our stuff, without seeing the value of connecting and bringing folks together to get that work done. Um, sometimes that's just the 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 default nature. Sometimes that's an intentional nature of not combining the two. So let's talk about the stuff that needs to get done. My wife is fond of using the saying, expectations are disappointments waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, she's far more positive than that, <laughs> and that really used to bother me. But there's some truth to that. So sort of uncommunicated expectations are indeed disappointments waiting to happen. And when I think of formal church leadership in any capacity, I rarely have seen a job description. Have you, in your days, stumbled across boards that have very clear job descriptions uh, within the church context? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the idea of a role description for a board member is something that I find is quite common in their constitution. They're, they're, a, a board's A church's constitution will often have a description of the roles or at least of the different tasks. So constitutions often are written with that in place. It's it's relatively often very um, brief. It's not a very detailed process, and it's not very specific. It can be kind of general other than maybe this person will lead the meeting, this person will take the notes. Um, so there is some level of description, but it's it's not often helpful, and, and that I I'm, I indict myself with that too. It's not a helpful description in regard to the the role that we have and the responsibilities, because we can go to the scriptures and find the characteristics that that you need to to be a board member or an elder specifically or a deacon, but then the functions they really are custom also depending on on the church that you are. Um, I also I also understand, I want to ask you this specifically, is like there are some churches and, and some boards that are that are not ruled by anyone specifically. It's just more like a, I will say like a, like a club almost. Like you just go there and talk, and, and then maybe there is an agenda, maybe there is not. Um, do we need to have a chairman? Uh, should the pastor be the one creating all the different topics? Should they meet even before that? Is, is the pastor an elder? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or does he work for the elders? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that that's it's it's. I think we, I, I use caution being prescriptive because churches have a very intentional culture that um, that works well in their ministry. And and I and I'm when I travel around the country, I'm I'm very aware of the the culture of the church. Um, and but the idea of board meeting board work leadership and um it, it that's a tough situation because often a board chair the 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 nature of a board chair is that it either they do it because they've always done it and as soon as they serve they're always the board chair and people just listen to that person or nobody does it and it f- might be a little less clear on who, who is leading and sometimes and I think pretty often the person who speaks the most or the person who speaks the loudest ends up being the default or de facto leader of the board. And that's one of those that's one of those just natures of the flow of it. And and the the problem with the the process uh, is that um when it comes to onboarding and when it comes to helping people understand their role, 
often the person who's doing it maybe um, improperly, that might be a tough word, but maybe just not effectively, <clears throat> is the one who's teaching the person to do the next one. And so habits are passed down, and um, and there's not necessarily a an improvement in the process, it's a repetition of the process. Hmm. So makeup of a board, regardless of governance structure, first of all, how do we attract board members or how do we gain board members? I'm not talking formally. I'm just talking practically. Who ends up serving in the boardroom? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, 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 there's a game that that we used to play around the dinner table with when all of our kids were around when they were little. And it, I think that we used to call it nose goes. And, um, and it wasn't a very fair game because the slowest kid in the table usually got the latest to their nose. And, and what you do is you say nose goes and the last person to touch their nose has to clear the table. And, um, and we realized it wasn't an overly fair method to, to do table clearing designation. It but sounds like a brilliant <clears throat> parenting technique though. I think I yeah. caused some, a lot of trauma with my kids with that game. But, um, in, in, in reality, that's a lot, I think how boards of churches operate and, uh, and backfill themselves. Either one, there it's a lifetime sentence and I just have to do it because I have to do it. Or, um, or I do it because I, I, I got nominated when I wasn't at church one day, and suddenly I'm now the board member. And if I, if I didn't touch my nose fast enough and the nose goes, I became the board chair. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm glib about that, but I, I've served on enough boards and I've seen enough boards operate that way that I don't think there is the um, intentional decision of how to appoint board members. So my experience serving on boards alongside boards is I will frequently hear someone say, well, I didn't become a member of the church because I don't want to be asked to serve on the board. Some of the most qualified people to serve on the board have a view of board that is something less than positive. Boring, if you will, Oscar. Yes? Yes. <laughs> well, and you know, and I, we, we picked this up on the prior podcast, but there is something to be said about building excitement about the ministry of board ministry work and board leadership work. And there's a responsibility of the church, I believe, and maybe even I would say the responsibility of a pastor to be able to preach on, um, to have a sermon or a sermon series on what does it mean to be a church board leader or a church ministry leader or a volunteer leader. Because it's really easy to, to not find the joy in board work. It can be messy. It can get your hands messy if there's a situation that comes up and it's a termination of a person or it's a finance problem or uh, you know a, a member of the church is angry. That's not overly pleasant, but the work is really valuable and it's important. And I think there's something to be said about building a culture within the church ministry to identify and maybe illuminate the, 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 the joy of serving in a in a um, board role. Oscar, you said the other day or in, in our prior podcast that um, that this something is is what a board a person should want to do. A board member should want to do that. And and so how would you as a in that perspective, how would you help a congregation, a small or large congregation, want to do that? Would you have anything in mind? What it comes to mind is that um, the work is plentiful and then there is not a lot of workers. And if you are one of those that you're still sitting around and thinking about, hey, 
maybe this is work for another person. Uh, that's probably the wrong attitude and the wrong service, service opportunity. Um, I grew up on a church when they told me all the time, relationships is what really makes you go to church. And so many times you see all men specifically saying, I'm not connected to a church. I don't feel connected. My wife and my son and my daughters feel connected, um, but I don't. And so many times it's because you are so involved in your job that you forget there's other opportunities around there. Well, maybe church board is one for you. Mm. That's the one that maybe you should take consideration into it because you are leading and leading is always a privilege and leading is just a synonym of service mm. and you are giving your and you're using your gifts and talents that God has given you for your community around you that's your church um, to, for your brothers and sisters in Christ that those are the ones that they they need your help and you're just coming on a, on a, with, the, with the attitude of service mm. um, I really believe that this shouldn't be something that you feel like so much pressure or that is so heavy that you cannot do it. Um, this is the reason why there are wiser people also in boardrooms that that can train and that maybe can, can mentor. Mm-hmm. That's probably for another podcast well, episode you, right you, there. You bring up a really interesting idea, the, the, the concept of a club. Um, and it, a board can really feel like a club very easily. And... Um, and I know there's a lot of conversation about how to engage your entire congregation in board or in church leadership. And when I mean entire congregation, I mean ladies. And um, and what does that look like? Uh, that's a conversation that I think churches need to have, and they need to evaluate what does it look like to have husband and wife teams and your deacons and your trustees and um, and engaging more people so that the work of the board can get done. I think, you know, Scripture has reference of ladies in deacon roles doing very, very powerful work in the early church. And we can make our boardroom feel like a men's club very quickly. And by doing so, we miss the opportunity to engage a very relevant, very important part of our ministries. Um, And I think that while we hear that at, when I travel around the country, it's easy to hear somebody say, well, we only have six qualified candidates to serve in our board, and we have all this uh, deacon work that we have to get done. Well, I think if you had, if you could bring that idea up and have an understanding of who could really serve in the deacons and, and do a biblical study of the deacon ministry, you could you could find that ability to expand that and, and, and then relieve some of your qualified elders to do the qualified elder work. And... Um, I think there's something to be said about that investigation. That's a good insight. I want to be honest in the the vantage point that people don't want to serve on boards because it's boring, it's messy, and and the reality it is. It it just is. Once you've looked under the hood, you can't unlook, right? And when we kind of pair that with the fact that most boards, by default, focus on the tyranny of the urgent rather than perhaps prioritize the thing that they should, which is shepherding the congregation, you mostly are dealing with the messy. You're not dealing with the privilege. You're not dealing with 
the mission forward, the movement forward, you're dealing with the past and the messiness of the past. And so that is a reality. That's usually what we're asking people to step into when we ask them to serve on the board. And you can't blame them for not wanting to step into messy disunity, perhaps, mm-hmm. uh, difference of opinions, difficult personalities. Brian, you mentioned hey, there's usually someone that talks louder or more frequently or both, and they tend to take charge of the boardroom, mm-hmm. whether they should or not. So speak to that reality. Mm-hmm. Board work in the church where there are sinful people is messy. Mm-hmm. And how do you change that culture? Yeah if it is so ingraining to us already? Well, you know, it, it doesn't ever seem hard to find volunteers to take care of the nursery, the babies. Everyone loves those those little stinkers. And, um, of course, anyone listening who's a children's ministry director might take yeah, exception might, to that. Yeah. But, but to your point, we'll run with that. The, the, let's, let's assume that finding people to hold babies is relatively okay. easy. Thank you for tempering um, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but, but if the nursery was only just changing diapers... Um, there would be hard. It would might be harder, but there's better. There's other work, um, and and that's a that's a I suppose a crude example. But uh, there is something to be said about the the work being done in the boardroom. That's hard work. It's hard work, and there's some work that's really wonderful work when you can work alongside your pastor and encourage your pastor. When you can see projects get done that are deeply needed in the ministry, it's really good work, and we need as board members to communicate that good work, that the hard work that's being done, that the good work that's being done. And there needs to be something about it. I think there's a kind of a, a mystery or a, um, a secretive um, society that can happen in a board that no one knows. And so therefore no one wants to be part of it. And I think there's something to be said about um, bringing communication to your congregation more frequently. Let people see the work that's being done and the work that needs to be done and um, create that culture within your ministry. I think there's something that allows people to understand the good work being done in our boardrooms. Hmm. So I think what I'm hearing is that governance structure kind of plays into whether or not a leadership of a church is effective. Um, And there are probably some things that we can do to look at our governance structure to see if if it's the right thing or if we've inadvertently omitted more of the biblical notions in favor of some of the purely financial stewardship or facility stewardship vantage point. Mm-hmm. And the people that we ask or get involved on the board, um, they may be the right people, but we're setting expectations of just dealing with the tyranny of the urgent. And so we need to look at our board agenda. Perhaps we need to invert it completely, but perhaps we need to place higher on the agenda the shepherding role, the visionary role, the the mission and vision casting role, things that are are first and foremost um, what church leadership is called to be for the local church. And a byproduct of that is we might actually have people dread less hmm. that role of serving in a capacity. Because there's always people that are going to feel guilted 
into doing that mm-hmm. because, you know, if not me, who, uh, as opposed to feel inspired mm-hmm. to do that. Is, is that a fair summary yeah. of some of our conversation? Yeah. Also, at the same time, I, I want to say that it's, there is an expectation that it's going to be hard work. Mm. Um, there should be a, that expectation. I think when you are in a position of authority, of leadership, um, there is always going to be responsibilities, and those responsibilities need to be picked up by somebody. And being in a position of authority means that you're going to have to do things that not the rest of the congregation wants to do. Um, there is there is something to say about that, that the best things in life are hard to get. Um, if you want to go to the peak of the world on the Everest, you need to go and prepare yourself, and it's going to be hard work. It's not going to be easy. Nobody's going to take you just right there. Um, there is a lot to say that the best things in a church are going to take time and are going to be hard work. You just need to be involved. You just need to be willing. You just need to be servant. You just need to do your your, your work, your job, I guess. Well, well you know, th- this idea, <clears throat> if I, as I visited a handful of our churches, several of our churches are in farming communities, and and and, and the men who are serving in the, in the, in the board at the, in those communities are, are farmers, and they're working 80 to 100 hours a week, and and especially during harvest, and and. So how do you help a board member say, you know, I have my family to be responsible for. I have, I have the crops that I have to take off the fields or whatever, whatever job that might be for our board members. And how do you help them see the, the good work, the hard work that has to be done also in it, when, in the, in the few hours they have in that margin of time. And, um, that's, that's, that's the get to, I don't got to kind of attitude that we need to help our board members see that it's really good work and it's and it's worthy it's worthy work it's not just deciding who's going to mow the lawn next week it's it's the 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 future of the ministry and lives of the, of our of our community are are really in in the in the process of leadership in that in that boardroom great discussion gentlemen we've once again scratched the surface mm-hmm. of what that job description that expectation as well as the nature of leadership we tend to attract to this role. Definitely want to continue the conversation as to how we better equip boards for service in the church from a built perspective. And so we're looking forward to that future episodes, but for now we're going to sign off. Appreciate your time, Brian. Yeah. Thank you.